Hello, it's Robert Bathurst here. I was one of the first guests on My Time Capsule, and Mike has asked me to tell you that you can now listen to the podcast ad-free by subscribing to Acast Plus. Details of how to join are in the description of each episode. Mike says it's very reasonably priced. In fact, Mike says it's a bargain. And who am I to disagree? Locked here in his cellar. Anyway, for a small subscription, Acast Plus, My Time Capsule, ad-free. Free. Unlike me. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. I'm Mike Fenton-Stevens, and My Time Capsule is a podcast where my guest tells me the five things from their life that they'd like to put in a time capsule. They pick four things that they cherish, but they also pick one thing that they'd like to get rid of from their life, something they want to bury in the ground and never think of again. My guest in this episode is the multi-award-winning South African New Zealander, yes, I did say that, Uzilla Carlson, who has become one of the biggest names in comedy in Australia and New Zealand. A television favourite in both countries, Uzilla is a much-loved series regular on both the Australian and New Zealand versions of the award-winning comedy panel show, Have You Been Paying Attention?, Uzilla has also appeared in Husey We Have a Problem, The Project, Spicks and Specks, Dirty Laundry, The Great Debate with the Great Barry Humphreys, ABC Comedy Up Late, Seven Days, Super City, Road Madness and the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Galas. And she was also one of the key cast members of Nazim Hussain's comedy sketch programme Orange is the New Brown. Ozilla has fans the world over for her brilliantly funny live shows, with which she's toured the globe. In 2020, Ozilla joined the panel of The Masked Singer Australia and has now made three series of that show. The same year, she also released her standalone one-hour Netflix stand-up special, Overqualified Loser, which was recorded live and released in 190 countries. So here, all the way from her home in Auckland, thanks to the wonders of the internet, is the fabulous Ozilla Carlson. Hello. Hello, Ozilla. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Brilliant. Here we are, opposite sides of the world. Good evening to you. Good evening to you. Oh, look at my weird light reflection. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to visit, aren't you? You're visiting us soon. Yes, in February. I'm very excited. Is that your first trip to England? Yeah, no, I've been, uh, I've done Edinburgh Fringe, I've done Soho Theatre in London. Oh, I've, lovely. Yeah, and I used to live in Cardiff in Wales. Did you? Lucky you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, brilliant place. Well, uh, when you come, remember that we've changed the spelling of great in Great Britain. It's now G-R-A-T-E. Yeah. <laughs> it seems more appropriate, that's all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm into it. 
<laughs> well, thank you for doing this. It's going to be lovely to talk to you. Um, uh, did you get the brief sort of about what this is about? Yeah, I need four things and one, one, you know, four good, one bad. That's it. Four good, one bad. Yeah. That's the whole thing summed up in one go. And they can be anything from any time. Yeah. Okay, Ozilla, let's talk about the five things you want to put into a time capsule then. All right. So the very first thing I want to put in there is um, a, a Mont Blanc pen that I got years ago from a client and I didn't know that it was a very expensive pen and that it was, you know, like, and it is, it's a very expensive pen. Mm. And he took me out for lunch. I was still working in South Africa for the newspaper. And then he gave me this pen and I said, thank you. And I just threw it in my handbag and we finished the lunch and <laughs> I got home. My brother came over because it was just before Christmas and he saw this pen and he's like, oh, nice pen. And I went, oh, yeah, the uh, client gave it to me. And he goes, yeah, uh, can I have it? And by the the way that he was hesitating, asking, <laughs> he had just gone, oh, can I have it? Or even if he had used it and then walked off with it, I wouldn't have given a second thought. But because he was like, uh, uh, could I have it? Um, I looked it up. And I saw that this pen was like over a thousand dollars. It was like a thousand dollar pen. It was a very expensive pen. And I was like, oh, I should have been more appreciative at lunch, you know. But I was so because this client, specific client, and I had become friends. So I was more focused on chatting to him than worrying about the Christmas gift. And so I would put that in a time capsule mainly, not because I, I would want it later or because I'm materialistic or anything. I just don't want my brother to get his hands on it. <laughs> Brilliant. But I still pull it out. I still have it. And, and I, that pen has stayed with me. I've had it for now nearly, oh, gosh, how, how many years? This would have been in the late 90s that I got this pen. So before you moved to New Zealand? Yeah, 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 long before. So every time when my brother comes, if we have to do anything, like we're filling in a Mother's Day card, I go, let me get my pen and I'll, I'll go get that pen. <laughs> now, I have since someone else has given me a Mont Blanc pen too. So he knows the, the collection is growing. And that one means a lot. Because when I got that one, I was like, oh, this is a Mont Blanc pen. And I was very excited about it. Um, but he still doesn't have one. <laughs> You've got two now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second one doesn't need to go in the time capsule. It's not as personal as that one. Yeah, exactly. But you should learn to write with both hands so that you can yeah. hold them both at the same time. Yeah. And say, oh, look, these are really useful, these Mont Blanc pens, aren't they? Honestly, it's like they want to work in symphony <laughs> with each other. <laughs> I'm learning to write with my feet. Yeah. If anybody would like to give me some more. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just you from your family moved to New Zealand. They stayed there, did they? Yeah, no, they all live here now. You know how oh, it works right. with foreign people. Once one of us find the gate, we let everyone else in. <laughs> so uh, I moved over first. My my brother was living in Mozambique. My mum was living in South Africa, and my sister was living in Salisbury in the UK. Mm. Um, and then um, we, I moved to New Zealand, and I was here maybe a year, and I kept saying, you should come, you should come. And my sister's husband, who um, was an English guy, uh, well, he's still English, but um, he's an English boy, and he used to be in the in the army in the UK, and then in the police force. And I said, "You should come to New Zealand, come check it out. It's great." But he had been here before years ago with a um, with the English army, and then he said, "Oh, he loved it." And then they moved over first. Then 
my mum and then my brother. So we're all here now. Yes, it's a lovely place yeah. to be. And it's been a lovely it's place right. to be for the last few years, hasn't it, particularly? Oh, so good, so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, when when the wheels started falling off all over the world, you know, we were very thankful that we've got Jacinda and that we've got, you know, the leadership that we have. And even, you know, like it's it's universal. I see every country in the world now sort of turning on their governments and, you know, not quite as heavy as in the UK uh, mm. where good on you um but you know everyone's like blaming the current government for the financial state of the the country and i'm like it's it's almost like people are forgetting that there's a global pandemic and this is why things are the way they are but yeah you know no one ever said we're surrounded by geniuses no no <laughs> it, it must have changed a lot i went to new zealand Oh, I think in about 1982. That's a long time ago, isn't it? And people were constantly quoting that thing of saying, you know, the last person to leave New Zealand, please turn out the lights. Yeah. The opposite is true now. Yeah, we've we've actually since, because when I moved to New Zealand, there was just over 4 million people, and now we're 5 million, you yeah. know. Uh, we've done really well in the last few years. I myself made two new people for New Zealand, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lovely. Did you get a letter of thanks? No, but I'm waiting, you know. Yeah. Um, the postal service is a bit slow, so it's possibly still on its way. <laughs> well, she's been very, very busy. Yeah, she's had her hands full and she's got a toddler. So, and I, you know, I know what that's like. So I'm going to go ahead and give her the benefit. <laughs> benefit <laughs> of the it's in the mail. It's in the mail. It'll of get course. you. Yeah, of course it will. <laughs> Lovely. Right, okay, so that's the first thing we're going to put in is your Mont Blanc pen. Yeah, it does sound a little bit up itself, but, I mean, it's, it's not really. No, no, the reason is very good. Keep your brother's hands off it. Yes. I like that. I have very happy memories of New Zealand. We went to Australia and did a tour of Australia, and then we flew over to New Zealand and did two weeks going around New Zealand, which was just brilliant fun. Uh, I had a very, very strange experience where we were invited to the house of a very wealthy man. He was an ex-Adelaide footlighter. So he'd been oh. to university in Adelaide and they, they had their own review company and he kept telling us how funny they'd been. While we were standing and waiting to go to this house, remember we were in our 20s and uh, it seemed so were most of the wives of these very rich men, all very young and very beautiful. And my friend said... Uh, it's an um, interesting place to live, isn't it, New Zealand? They went, yeah, yeah. Beautiful countryside and wonderful beaches. Although your sex life must be awful. <laughs> and they all laughed, thinking, oh, cheeky so-and-sos. And this one woman said, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it was the most obvious invitation I've ever seen in my life. She looked him straight in the eyes. Uh, I think that was Gary's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, yeah, you know him. <laughs> I always say, because South Africa is quite conservative, right? Like very conservative, and you don't realize how conservative uh, environment is till you leave it. So as soon as I left South Africa and I came over to New Zealand, I was doing a comedy tour, and I was uh, like a few years in, obviously, um, and I was in Queenstown down on the South Island, and mm. um, I was just in this bar, and this Kiwi couple came over after the show, and they they just invited me over for a, a threesome, and I was like, <laughs> oh. I mean, oh, oh, like I would never do it, but I was I, I was very happy that they'd offered. Mm. You know, it's nice to be invited. It's like one of those weddings where people go, you should come to our wedding. We're getting married in the south of France next week. And you're like, who can swing that time-wise? I can't do it. So the same with a threesome, like, because he had just bought her one of those sex swings. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> and, and 
then they were discussing it and she had a photo of it. And she's like, and, and he said he had put it up himself. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and he goes, you should come. It's going to be. And, and I mean, no, uh, because, you know, like, you know, I just saw for myself, I, he probably didn't get an engineer's report done before we put the swing up. No. I don't want to, I don't know, I don't know what the weight limit is on it. You know? Can it take two? I don't know. Exactly. You know, mm. how much lube is allowed? Like, I don't want them to swing me and then swing me through the window. I don't know. So <laughs> New Zealand is very friendly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah. it was in Australia that uh, exactly that happened to me when two very beautiful girls came up to me and said, uh, we really enjoyed the show. Is it right we come back to your hotel and have a threesome? Yeah. And I said, well, that's very, very kind of you. Thank you. Uh, but I'm, I'm just buying a drink for my wife who's over there. So, no. And they went, ah, oh, okay. Oh, either awesome or it's a no-go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, the next night, those two girls came up to me again and said, you're the bloke we asked if we could have a threesome with, aren't you? And I went, yeah, yeah, but do you not remember? And they went, we were so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Great. You would have done it and there would have been no witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I was like, they did this thing a few years ago where they did a study on the most promiscuous woman in the world. And I think New Zealand and Australia got first and second spot. And I was like, <laughs> wow. That's, really? I mean, that's one thing, you know, like you're friendly and this is why you're, you, you know, tourism is so good in both countries. <laughs> <laughs> People always want to come back. <laughs> As it were, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Zilla, let's move on to number two to find out what your second thing is then. All right. My second thing would have to be the coffee machine. My coffee machine, um, I'll even, like, if, if, if it's a small, smaller size time capsule and I couldn't fit the whole coffee machine, I'll put a plunger. But I just want to, if if I have access to that time capsule for later or if anyone else, like, is saying 100 years from now, open that time capsule, now they've got a pen, I want them to be able to go, you know, if it's the end of the world or we don't know what's going to happen, you know. No. I just want them to be able to go, we've had coffee beans for so long and we've had fire now for a couple of, since Gary started banging those sticks together. <laughs> I, just, I, I just want there to be somehow make it possible for someone to have a good cup of coffee. If it's me, good, excellent. <laughs> if it's someone else, I, I want them to uh, imagine you're the first person 100 years from now that no one else is having coffee. They don't even know. They don't understand the concept. Say turmeric lattes have taken over the world. And now mm. here you find a plunger or a coffee machine. You go, hang on, let's bash those coffee bean things that we've been spitting at the deer. Let's bash <laughs> those and put it in this coffee machine and just see how it goes. You know, I I want that person could rule the world. Go, look, I I feel calm because I and and but also hyped up because I haven't just had turmeric lattes spitting coffee beans at deer all day. Let's, you know, and then all of a sudden you have a person who not only has a pen but can apply some structure to the day. (laughs) Absolutely. Have a coffee, write a list. Perfect. Yeah. 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 But although it's very thoughtful of you to consider the re-emergence of civilization via a pen and a coffee machine, um, although it might be slightly more useful if you put a wheel in. Look, trust me, people, there will be a fatty amongst the group that's going to trip over and roll down a hill and someone's going to go, hang on, that round one can roll down a hill. That strikes me. We should knock some of these round rocks onto a car. 
people, I think, you know, when people go, the invention of the wheel, we don't really know when it started. I think it was just a given. It's like, you know, human beings swallowing. We've always done it. Mm-hmm. No one has taught the first guy to go, okay, there's going to be a lot of saliva build up and you just got to. <laughs> It's the same with the wheel. There's no start on for the wheel. We know when the first car came around. There's no no book that'll say when the first wheel. We've just always known. The first time a fatty fell over and rolled down a hill, they go, that seems like a good shape for a box. <laughs> and then we move it faster. That's not yeah. an issue. You need a guy or a woman or, or a person with enough coffee in them to go, okay, what are we going to do with these vehicles once we start moving? Mm. You got to have a plan, and coffee gives you the plan. <laughs> and you, you've got a pen to write a map. That's right. Like it's limitless. You, you can do anything. If you have a pen and a coffee machine, you can start a tattoo parlor. You slam some ink into someone's forehead, and you're like, that's a tattoo. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you're a business owner. Yeah. You know, and you can offer them coffee while they wait for you to slam ink into their foreheads. And like that'll be the thing 100 years from now. Yes, and while that person who was thinking of inventing the wheel realised that actually a small boulder is much better for playing cricket, you can keep score. Yeah, exactly. Like, I am, like, in this here, because everyone has what I have here, but if I put this, like, I <laughs> I watch that um, Queer Eye, right? Yeah. And um, they do a time capsule on one of the episodes, and everyone just puts some inspirational quotes in a box, and I thought, what a downer. Someone's <laughs> going to find that box 100 years from now and go, ooh, treasure. The only thing is live, love, laugh. <laughs> what an absolute disappointment. You go, these people were crazy. 100 years ago, we, that's what they left us? Where's the keys to the Jeep? No. Live, love, love. And start your day with sunshine or day without wine as a day without sunshine. I'm like, what is happening to people? We are so, so clogged up. We, we love an inspirational thing. And I blame all those self-help books, mm-hmm. you know, people that have sort of come with the self-help books. Like, come on, come on, guys. <laughs> Try helping someone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Less words, more action. Where's the coffee machine? Where's the pen? (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. So you're building the perfect time capsule for the future. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you want to know, you want to find something, you want to put something away that you would love to find. Yeah. Isn't that the idea? Yeah, like not course. just I don't I don't care. People don't need to remember me. Like I'm not rolling an old poster in. I don't want people to open it and go, <laughs> oh, so tickets go on sale in 400 years ago. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and it's sold out anyway. Out. Yeah, yeah. I want people to be able to rule the new world. New uh, world coming. Those wow. zombies won't know what hit them. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Those zombies will be walking around going, it feels like someone wrote a plan down, doesn't it? Well, and then I can't wait. Once we put a coffee machine in the time capsule, and I will definitely make it big enough. Although I shall make it, I make it difficult enough to open that once yeah. they get the reward of the coffee machine, they'll yeah. really want to sit down and have a cup of coffee. But also, you want to make it hard enough because you don't want, you know, like it's it's all survival of the fittest, right? You don't want very good, yeah. The ones that that is sort of you know can't that 
you know how it says on um, like toilet duck or something when the ad is on television and they flush and there's butterflies and, and roses coming out of the toilet. At the bottom it says dramatization. Mm. Um, and you kind of go, <laughs> who is this necessary for? Who's buying <laughs> toilet duck and flushing and going, ah, oh, Felicity? No, <laughs> Where are the butterflies? butterflies this one why, why do we need dramatization at the bottom of the air? So I don't want those people to go, oh, here's a box, Funk, and get it. No, I want no. it to be complex, almost like a puzzle. You should have some smarts at least to get to the goods. It's yes. a reward. You don't just get it. No. So should it come ready loaded as it were should it have coffee in it so when you turn it on mm. it actually produces coffee or should i just let them make the mistake of thinking it's a hot water machine well no i'm looking at the coffee machine now and it's got beans at the top i'm happy right. to stock the beans to the top so Fair they enough. can sort of go oh oh okay yeah. I see how it works. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do okay, that. that's fair enough. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, they're not geniuses, but yeah. an idiot would just think, oh, that's pretty, and get on with drinking hot water. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that. Like, no. we want them to – we want to help a little bit. Absolutely. You know? Great. All right. Like, this can almost be like our TED Talk for the future without words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love your philanthropy. I think it's yes. wonderful. I'm very moved by it, actually. Thank you. (laughs) All right, well, let's find out what the third thing is, how we're going to help mankind. Right, sorry to interrupt this very funny, intelligent woman, but as we know, that's what men do all the time. However, Ozilla will be back with you straight after this short ad break. Thank you for your patience. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Okay, that's the end of the ads, so let's hear the other things that Ozilla Carlson would like to put in her time capsule for the benefit of mankind and a better world to come. Okay, the third thing, and I think this is, honestly, I was talking to someone today about this, and I I can't think of a time in, say, the last 10 years that I haven't discussed this thing at least once a day with someone. Gaffer tape. <laughs> it's a wonderful stuff. Now, you think gaffer tape and you go, oh, yeah, you know, they use it in theatres, they use it wherever. But gaffer tape is the answer to 99% of all of the questions. Oh, your <laughs> shoe's broken. We can fix that. People try glue. Why are you gluing stuff? Where in the future you want to, you know, now you've got to wait. It always pulls shut. You just take that gaffer tape, that <laughs> you just rip it. You don't need scissors for gaffer tape. It tears beautifully. Yeah, you know? it does. You can make curtains with gaffer tape. Oh, it's very bright here in my TP or wherever you're living. You just put put a bit of paper or just gaffer tape the sides of it shut. That stuff will stick to anything. You can fix a boat leak with that. You're like, oh, we've got a massive puncher or the door fell off the car. A few strips of gaffer tape, the kid's staying inside. You know, you can, <laughs> speaking of kids, a kid keeps falling out of the bed or out of the cave, gaffer tape them to a rock. <laughs> you know, there's, there's nothing that gaffer tape doesn't solve. Well, I can't argue with you. That's the point. I, I, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare because you'd gaffer tape my mouth up. Exactly. And there you go, you see. There, I mean, you can think, okay, I'm going to give you, you think about two problems quickly and I'm going to solve it for you with gaffer tape. Okay. All right. Two problems. Um, uh, two problems. Uh, my car steering wheel has come off. Yeah. That's too obvious, isn't it, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, world poverty. World poverty. Yeah. Oh, that's not a problem at all. Uh, you just go from house to house and you collect the stuff, you gaffer tape it up, and that stuff is waterproof. And you can kick it into the ocean into the right direction. It'll get there. <laughs> Brilliant. It'll see it. That stuff's like Tupperware. Once it's on the inside, it'll keep anything fresh. It's true. I have four grandchildren, and the oldest one is now 10. Yeah. And I bought them, obviously, when they were small. For my garden, I bought some swings that they could use. And they did when they were tiny. And then, of course, eventually the swings become too small for them. Yeah. So I got some scaffold poles yeah. and I cut them to length and I put them on to the struts of the swing yeah. and gaffer taped them in place. And three years later, that really giant swing is still serving 10-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. And it will till the kids will give up before the tape will give up. Yeah. Like I always say to people, when I'm touring, they go, what is the thing that you keep in your bag, you know, and I was a roll of gaffer tape. I don't go anywhere without gaffer tape, some cup of soup, <laughs> an extension cord with a multi-plug on it because the, the plugs are always on the wrong side of the hotel room. Yes. And then I've got like a, a Gerber, you know, the with the pliers and the screwdriver. and the, I cannot tell you the amount of stuff that I fixed in hotel rooms. <laughs> I I was I was checking out um, out of the hotel in um, Melbourne recently, and you know all the rooms are the same. They all have the same couches. They all have the and the guy that was checking out just before me, he goes, "Oh, one of the chairs is really wonky in the mm. uh, in the room," and I I just smiled because my chair was wonky too. You just flip them over because it's just got a Phillips screw, uh, and they obviously just 
come bog standard sort of real, and you just need to <laughs> tighten the screws, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they're no longer wonky. <laughs> I love the fact that you have the time in a hotel room. Well, I mean, that's not a sign of boredom, is it? No, no. no I mean, I just yeah, I, maybe, but also I feel like I could complain about it, or I could just fix it. Like I've, I've known other comics or other people on the road, production people who have swapped rooms because the curtain won't close, like there's a big gap in the curtain and yes. they can't get it shot. And I'm like, oh, why don't you travel with gaffer tape? You just tape it, you know, <laughs> like put them over and, and just tape it over. And if anything goes wrong, I just fix it. Like I've stayed in a hotel where the um, TV bracket, the bracket on the wall, the TV kept flopping forward because the TV bracket came loose. So mm. I just undid everything and then tightened everything back up and put the TV back on and I fixed it. <laughs> I'm amazed people don't give you free rooms. During the day, usually as a comic, you fly in and then you're in your room for most of the day before. So I spend a lot of time in there. I mean, I did take up golf now so I can get out of the room. <laughs> um, you know, I also don't want to, them to walk in and I've, I've remodeled. I've, I've put a little arch in between the lounge <laughs> and, the, and the bedroom. With gaffer tape? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my knife, the knife on my Gerber. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly hacking your way through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the dust and the sand out of my pant legs like I'm in prison. Slowly <laughs> 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 spreading it around the yard. Running downstairs for a bucket of cement. Did you mean ice? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> yes, I've, I've got a suite of rooms now. I don't know how that happened. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I've met the people next door. Oh, did we forget the door open? No, I made it art. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, would you like to come out onto my veranda? We're, we're on the 14th floor, I know. <laughs> yeah, you should see it. The view is stunning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Ozilla, they're definitely... Definitely gaffer tape goes into the time capsule. Absolutely fabulous. I mean, so we've got people, they can write, they can invent, you know, they can make lists. They've got this wonderful pen to use. They've got a coffee machine. So obviously yeah. life is good. Yeah, very good. And then all problems are solved because they have, it's going to have to be an endless reel of gaffer tape. Yeah. I mean, also I think it's one of those things because you don't know it's going to be, at the end, but I assume it's all the smart people, mm. um, you know, and they will just look at something and go, of course, I know how to recreate this. It's not it's not the ones who struggle, you know, that's going to be there. It's the smart ones that go, oh, we need to probably add heat to that mm. to activate the flavours in that coffee bean, you know, like that kind of thing. Or like, oh, maybe we should, you know, roast that coffee bean. What do you reckon? Because the ones we have is green, but the ones that came with the, this machine is dark. So it smells mm. like they're roasting it, you know. So we're educating and we're giving them the tools, you know, and then when they have the gaffer tape, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, now I'm like, maybe I should have put the Gerber in there. But, no, they'll figure it out. They'll have old school Gerber. You know, they would have had knives and stuff that they've made out of stone and whatnot. Yes, and there'll be very yeah. few Phillips screws around. That would be confusing, would it, to have one of those? Exactly. Yeah. You know, what on earth could that be for? Yeah, I don't think they'd be struggling, you know, with um, TV brackets and such. Like. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, sadly, we've only got one more thing that you want to put in there you want to keep or, in fact, present to the world. Yeah. And then we've got one thing that you 
want to put in there because you you don't want the world to have it. Yeah. So um, the last thing I'm going to put in there, and arguably one of the things I think that works the best, like you get a lot of stuff that, like even paper straws, they go, this is a paper straw, and you go, well, it works sort of, you know, like halfway through the drink it starts getting soggy and all of a sudden you're like, do dolphins really care? You know, that kind of thing. Like <laughs> it doesn't work as well. But this thing that I'm putting in last is a thing that does exactly what it says on the packaging. Sunscreen. Right. Have you ever, if you apply sunscreen the way you're supposed to apply sunscreen, you will not burn, right? No. Yeah. Whereas if you put on moisturizer, the way they tell you to put it, you'll still be wrinkly. Yeah. I mean, look at me. I'm 35. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, rough, rough life. Rough life. Same mm. Same with me. Mm. I'm, I'm 22, but, you know, yeah. I, I smoked and I stayed in the sun for <laughs> 22 years. That's <laughs> <laughs> a big mistake. <laughs> Huge. Huge. You don't think that. <laughs> uh, sunscreen. See, now, I have to say that coming to Australia and New Zealand, that was the thing that made me aware of sunscreen because they had adverts all the time saying, slip, slap, slop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had, now, imagine we're talking 100 years from now. Dun, 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 someone with a stone finds this, our, our time capsule. Mm. Now they've got the pen. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. They've got the coffee machine. Now, all of a sudden, they've got direction. They've got clarity, you know, because with coffee comes great responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. the old saying. I think it's in the Bible where they talk about it. Uh, you've, got the, you've got the gaffer tape where if anything goes wrong, you've got the solution. There you go. We can stop only working at night. Wow. You know, the sun, 100 years from now, you think the sun is a problem now. With, with the way global warming's going, down the track, it's going to be so hot, people are going to only work at night. As soon as the sun goes down, they go, we, we have to go out because they won't have sunscreen. They won't know what we know now. No. So if we present them with sunscreen, they go, someone will test it. They go, Gary, bring your hand. And they put it outside the cave. Oh, you still have it at the end of the day. <laughs> now all of a sudden they start working during the day. So now we've we've reset it. We're, they back. They're back, baby. They can see what they're doing. They can plant stuff. They can do stuff outside and not burn to a crisp. Oh, my word. What a wonderful world you're building. After the disaster of whatever's going to happen to the world, it all falls apart because of global warming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is obviously going to happen. Yeah. And by your theory, within about the next 50 years. Yeah. 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 Look, I mean, I believe Greta, you know, and I've I've seen the stats. Well, did you see just this year, this week, they brought out the colour charts, what's your colour, and then every country on earth have the the colour, how we've increased in temperature from oh. like 120 years ago, and they showed New Zealand, and so we started real blue, and now we're really red. Like every year people go, it's so hot. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. It's always like, I don't know, <laughs> we're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I just hope that when they find this sunscreen, they don't think it's something to put in the coffee. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm assuming because they've got the pen, I'm relying on the fact that they can read. Of course. Well, they need a pen. Yeah. You know, then they're going, I've got all these great things and I know how to write it, but I just don't have the implement. Suddenly they do. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get this thing and they go, do not put in coffee. We'll have sunscreen that says do not put in coffee. Yeah, apply on skin, Mm. you know. On the outside, not on the inside of the skin. You know, you yes, never not know. to not so to be taken internally. Yes, turkey or something. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I honestly, 
I think sunscreen is a game changer. If you've ever been like at a cricket game or tennis or whatever, the person with the sunscreen, and especially the one with a good sunscreen, that's you're like, sorry, can I just have a breath? You know, because you're you're you can feel it's just your skin is gonna just vacate your body in the mm. next two three weeks and you're going to look like, you know, you're on the surface of the sun. So yes. as soon as you have access to that sunscreen, you're like, oh, thank goodness, we can be out here today. And I, I just think if you have all of those things, you've got the pen, you've got the coffee machine, you've got the gaffer tape and the sunscreen, you're like, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, she is probably going to walk on water or something, you know, <laughs> like that, that should give you everything. Yes. It's a terrible moment when you arrive at those sort of things in the open air and you're going to be there all day and you realise you don't have sunscreen. Yeah, or it's like if you go camping and you get to that time of night where the mosquitoes come out and you realise no one's got that bug spray, you know, that you put on your body to keep the mozzies off you. No. Um, There's usually one person and she's like, I never forget mine. You're like, just give us that tabard. Just give us that tabard. I want to smell like that for the next (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> get that off me. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I tend to follow the theory, uh, which I'm sure is completely wrong, that mosquitoes don't like alcohol. So oh. by the time the sun goes down, I like to be very drunk. Well, I mean, it's, they probably still bite you, but you don't know because you're very drunk. I don't care. I'm pissed. Yeah. I mean, what a great approach. That's one of my approach to no one asks me to help around the barbecue or anything like that because I have a very similar approach, you know, where sort of I start hitting the gin and tonic really hard and, you know, you think you're doing well and then the next morning you wake up and you've drunk a whole bottle of gin and there's still half a litre of tonic left. And you're like, was I a handful last night? <laughs> and then because a lot of people smoke weed, right? Like I don't. I don't smoke weed. I've never, it makes me too hungry. I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't trust myself. <laughs> and I don't trust myself around any other drugs. Like I'm too scared. I'm too much of a Donna citizen, right? Mm. But then they go, they smoke weed and then they write a lot of material. And I was like, oh, maybe I should try it. So once I, I had a big, bit of a dry spell in the writing game, and I'm like, oh, I can smoke weed and see how it goes Mm. so I smoked a joint a whole joint by myself which was a mistake as a first time probably shouldn't have probably could have shared it you know but I didn't I smoked the whole joint and then I wrote down some stuff and the next morning I tried to decipher what I wrote and I for the record thought it was hilarious the previous (laughs) night and I thought this is the breakthrough. This is what I needed. I wrote so much stuff. And the next morning, I was so confused by all the stuff that I've written down. I have no clue. What was uh, One of them was how to assemble in a Subaru, you know, the mesh thing in the back <laughs> if you have a dog in the back. And I actually went into great detail. I've never put one of those things up. I've never even seen one up close, but <laughs> that was as good as it got. <laughs> How to convert a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, nothing. I had nothing good at all. <laughs> and yet now you've <laughs> redeemed yourself. You've redeemed yourself completely with this fantastic, the saving of mankind. Yeah. I mean, at the point where we were basically going to become nocturnal creatures who just scrubbed around in the dirt, unable to find anything. And now, you know, let there be light. Yeah. Let us go outside. We'll be safe. Yeah. With some caffeine in your body. Yeah. 
Well, Zilli, if that letter doesn't come from the Prime Minister, I'm going to be so furious. Yeah, I mean, obviously, National Treasure over here, sitting here, mm. just waiting for my letter. Mm. Probably go out in the rain now, go see if it came today. You know, <laughs> still waiting for the nod, you know, maybe become one of those, uh, the Queen's people. What are they, where they knock you around with a sword? I'm ready for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you come in February, that'll be ready. Tell her to hang around. I don't want to get Charles on the Queen. <laughs> okay, so we've got four things that you want to put in there that you'd like to keep for mankind. So we have to have one thing that you want to get rid of. All right. Mm. Well, it's the one thing that I think we are nearly there in the getting rid of department. I thought we had gotten rid of it, but not quite because there's this one family down the road who will not let it go, and that is headlights. I want to put headlights in there. <laughs> I just want there to be a world where they're not getting it. No one's getting headlights ever again because that that feeling when your kid comes home and they they do that itch in the back of their head and then mm. you sort of you see it as a parent, you clock it, you say nothing, you feel nothing. There's no worry yet. You don't even realise that you've seen them scratch the back of their head. Mm. Then you make dinner, you get them through the bath, and then you see them scratch the side of their head. And, again, it doesn't register with you. Then by the time they go to bed that night, they've got both hands, and you're like, get out here, get out here, and you get them in the kitchen with a good light, you know, and you start lifting their hair. And then it's too late. Because they've got headlights everywhere and you don't really, you go, how is it possible that you have this much in such a short period? I washed your hair two days ago. Um, you find there was nothing in it. And now all of a sudden there's just like all these things living in your head. Yes. And then you look at the little brother, the little brother's covered in it. Uh. And now you start itching. You put that treatment on them because, of course, you always have to have that treatment in the house and everyone says, just rub some mayonnaise on them. I think it feeds the lice. I think it makes them stronger. I don't think it kills them. Mayonnaise? Yeah. Oh, people always have these old fixes of how to get rid of it. They go, you put mayonnaise on because it's the vinegar, I think, and mm. then you put a bag over it and then eventually I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I need, put, I need put the a stuff plastic from the bag farm. over the head of your child. That's a good idea. Yeah, I need that 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 stuff from the pharmacy that makes everyone in the house make their eye water. That's what I want. Where the dog goes, I can't live with you people anymore. You're gross. That <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but I just think that is there's nothing that can disappoint you so much when you find head lice on your kid. No, it's like when you see your dog eat poo in a park. You go. I love you a little bit less. I don't want to, but it's, sort of, it's in my soul. I love you a little bit less. And when you see the headlights on your kid, you go, I don't want to feel disappointed in you because I know it's not your fault, but now my head is itchy. For the next six months, if anything itches on your head, you're going to go, oh, no, they gave it to me. So, yeah. you know. And clearly they've been playing with Mr. and Mrs. Johnson from down the road, their kids. Yeah. I told you not to mix with them. They don't listen. Yeah. People always go, uh, you should wash your kids' hair often. They don't like clean hair. It's not about clean hair because uh, lice will go for anything. Mm. There was a period where those treatments for head lice stopped working, wasn't there? And you had to go right back to the old get a comb and yeah. Nitty Nora, we used to call her, the, the nurse, Nitty Nora, the knit nurse. She used to come yeah. to the school and check where the kids had knits in their hair. When I went to school, as soon as there was a, no one was allowed to come to school because they tried to nip it in the bud. Mm. Um, but my mom's old school. If you get lice, regardless how long you're here, 
clippers are coming out. You're having a bit of an African breeze on your scalp for the next six months. You've got no hair. My mum had no time for this lice treatment stuff. But, I mean, now because of the global pandemic and because we spent so much time apart and everyone was homeschooling, head lice nearly disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. Because, you know, it wasn't being transmitted by the kids, you know, because yeah. it can only be transmitted from kid to kid. But then these big families it kept circulating within their kids and people who didn't adhere to the lockdown rules. So it's starting back up again, which is very disappointing. Very disappointing. We'll put it in then as a warning to the future mankind. Yeah. There'll be at the start the birth of their civilization, And we say, yeah. look, avoid this curse. Yes. Be aware of it. Because thankfully, global warming and the death of most humans has wiped it out, it seems. But be aware. Be very careful because I guess it'll be easy then to get rid of head lice in that time because the sun will be so fierce. Mm. Your head out for a bit and head lice will go, oh, we're going to we're gonna go. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> and they go underground and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we'll know. At least then we'll know if it's clean or dirty hair that they prefer. Yes, yeah. okay. They can write that down and then when their civilization falls apart, there'll be a record of it. Yes. It is growth. Mankind is developing and will yeah. hopefully improve. Yeah. Mostly thanks to you. Yes. I mean, only thanks to me, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Azilla, absolutely brilliant to talk to you. I can't wait to see you when you come over here. And it's really been a joy to get to know you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be bringing my Mont Blanc pen because my brother looks after my house oh. while I'm away. I'm just not risking it. No, be careful. Yeah. Until you get that to me and that goes in the time capsule, watch him. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my wonderful guest, Wazilla Coulson. Do check out her website or follow the links in the description of this episode for details of where you can see her live next. I hope you've had fun listening. If you have and haven't already done so, please do rate this show and maybe even review it if that idea takes your fancy. And we'd really appreciate it if you would tell your friends about it and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you. Feel free to follow me or my time capsule on social media. We're easy to find. You just search... Well, just search us. And if you want to listen to the theme tune, you can hear it any time you bloody well like on Spotify. It was composed and performed by Pass the Peas Music. This has been a cast-off production for Acast. Our producer, as ever, was John Fenton-Stevens. So there you go. Actually, it's amazing when you look at Ozilla's success to think that she didn't actually start in comedy until she was 32. Yeah, really. Before that, she was a typesetter, which... <laughs> Actually, it's funny because I used to be a typesetter for The Guardian years ago. You may not have known that about me. It was a long time ago, obviously, in the days when typesetting was done by hand. And I'm sorry to say, The Guardian had a terrible reputation for spelling mistakes. <laughs> Ridiculous. Coincidentally, that all finished after I left, but I just had to quit. Well, dag in, dag out. Eventually, the wok just got on tip of me. Yes, I have just delivered a written joke as a verbal joke. I thank you all. Bye.